your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Browns. Evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 213. Guys, like I told you, we were going to get a late to it. Uh, the 8 o'clock start last night, and uh, look, uh, guys, uh, week three, preseason, Thursday night. Don't tell us it's an 8 o'clock game. It's an actually 825 kickoff. Way too late during the week for guys, for us to be putting in the work. Uh Barn burner, 5-0, Browns over uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, look, a lot of talk about Nick Foles being hurt. He did look hurt, but guys, just be happy with it. It was a win. The defense looked dominated. There's a lot to get to, obviously, offensively, defensively. Uh, we got Jake Burns here from the OBR and Browns film breakdown to get into everything with us. Uh, Jake, I mean, a guy like you who loves some offensive football, nothing like a 5 nothing game, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, it was good to see. It's good to see multiple reasons. You get... You get some different sort of uh, adversity thrown at your offense. Uh, some things I thought they did well, as you guys know, doesn't take a, a trained eye to see. There were some things that they did poorly, but yeah, good defensive football. I think I tweeted out earlier this year. I'm sure you and I were in concurrence that I think they're going to have to win games on the defensive side of the ball this year. There are parts of the offense that are going to be shaky, especially at the beginning of the year. So I'm encouraged. I'm not discouraged. We'll talk about why I'm encouraged. But yeah, it's a five nothing weird baseball score. Everyone making fun of it, but you know, you beat the Super Bowl champs, and uh, you you come out of it relatively healthy so it's okay yeah i mean and for everybody who wanted to make the baseball references between the indians and the phillies guys be better at your twitter game i didn't see one jim tomei reference so if you were going to do it get it right at least what team did jim tomei play for in that game last night if you wanted to go to the baseball route uh jake we're going to jump right into the quarterbacks um i think the first thing that kind of hurt the passing game was obviously Tyrod going out, Baker coming in early, Tyrod going in later. I, I don't think either quarterback, I mean, you know, Baker looked good for, you know, obviously a bit, but I don't think either quarterback really got a flow going last night. No, no, I don't think so either. I think the first drive of the, the, the game, the Browns, um, or maybe it was a second, I'm not sure, but when they marched down the field, I think there was a second was or a second, third. Yes. Yeah, a couple couple long runs, uh, a nice a nice Carlos Hyde run, a nice Nick Chubb run on duo. Um, got him down to the, the one-yard line after a play-action pass to Njoku, uh, Njoku there. So, um, yeah, you, you lose Tyrod early, hurts the hand, or you, well, I guess it came out now that he dislocated the pinky. Um didn't didn't really get in an established rhythm. Came back out after hurting the pinky. It, it's that that's a weird game. No matter what way you look at it. I mean, 11 for 16, 65 yards and limited amount of time. It's not terrible. Um, you can live with that, especially in a game that was probably going to be if it's a regular season game, like a 17-10 final is what you would hope for. Um, you know, when they're on the on the goal line there, I think they're probably going to look at what four things can we try to do that we're probably not going to do in the regular season to get better to see if we can do them type of things. So, um, you know, you can't really get all too frustrated at that. You just it's a practice game so um but yeah baker came in it was obvious that he hasn't played with the ones he's he's had limited even reps with the second team against the browns first team defense so you think about this this is his first real true um consistent live snaps against a first team defense and you're throwing him out there against what is probably a top three defense in the nfl if not the best defense in the nfl based on how deep that front goes and the linebacker depth um you know in philadelphia and it it it, it it won't get more overwhelming than that situation he was thrown into. I mean, you'll have more nerve-wracking moments because it's a regular season. But as far as, hey, man, we're going to put you out in front of this car. Are you going to you going to go left, right? Or are you going to stay here and get hit? I thought he did some things that were okay, um, you know, on, on Baker's side of things. I thought there were some spots where he seemed overwhelmed. But that's okay, you know, especially – Given the situation, I'm sure you and I will get into some discourse about are they doing the right thing by letting him, um, you know, or keeping him completely immune to first team reps, even in practice. 
I, w- I was not discouraged by either guy. I think that it is, it is pretty clear that Todd Haley is being pretty vanilla what he wants to do. He's trying to improve certain points of, of what they're going to do this season. He's not putting any tape on film that is going to show, hey, this is what we're going to do. He's keeping it super vanilla. He's trying to work different guys at different schemes that need help, such as Austin Corbett. Uh, moving down into guard, they're trying to get him a better feel for pulling. They're using him a lot in pulling counter power, uh, pin pull stuff to try to get him a feel for that. They obviously haven't. If you watch, they haven't pulled Drango very much because I don't think they anticipate doing that very much if he's playing. And I think if they do, they probably feel he's okay at it. Um, they, they they ran him out there on that second play of the the first series last night. That screen and it, you know he doesn't move well in space. I'm not really sure what Spencer Drango is, but nonetheless, you get what I'm going at. Keep it vanilla. Don't put any of your tendencies on tape, especially when you know you're going to go week one against a team that knows you pretty well already. So um, I, I'm not taking away all too much. What I do feel encouraged about Jeff is is they're running the ball man to man very well. You know they're 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 running some gap schemes well. They're running some inside zone well. The first team offense has run the ball pretty effectively the last two games against two pretty solid defenses. So um, you know people can freak out about second team offenses all they want. I'm I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I think the first thing with the original when it was, uh, you know, uh, the four and out that they didn't get at the goal line where Tyrod ended up getting hurt was, is look, I mean, you went 50-something yards because of two run plays. So, you know what, you got a new O-line that's trying to establish themselves. You knew it was the Philadelphia Eagles. They knew it was the Philadelphia Eagles. Go ahead, punch one in from the one, let these guys feel good about themselves. You know, these guys need a W under their belt, too. Uh, they ran the same play twice. Uh, the one where they tried to run, you know, uh, basically the double slants. I, 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 I'm mm-hmm. assuming the alignment was wrong because Jarvis Landry didn't get out of the way fast enough. And then basically it was just a hodgepodge that Damian Ratley r- r- ran right into. So either mm-hmm. the alignment was wrong or, you know, somebody, you know, maybe Ratley was one step too soon or Jarvis didn't get off the ball so cleanly. And the reason, it, it just looked bad. I mean, all four plays looked bad. And that's why guys like us get upset because, you know, it should have been a touchdown. They should have easily gotten the score there. And it should have been a 7 nothing game going from there. Um, as far as Baker, and we're getting into this one next, I think, you know, he saw some live bullets. And, you know, this is why we want to see him get some reps with the ones because it's a whole different, it's, it's such a different world first-string defensive players in the NFL, even from second-stringers. And even you saw the first one in the pocket, almost kind of looked like he got pulled by the face mask, but he did the right thing, found the open spot, knew Jarvis Landry was somewhere near the ball, and he threw the ball to the second row. That, that you know, that shows signs. You know, like, he understands not to be stupid if nothing's there. That was the, that was an impressive thing to see. The one I do want to get to with him, and look, Tyrod, it's a tough one. Like, he didn't play much, and when he did play... Obviously, he was a little injured. I'm sure he had the finger on the mind. So, Tyrod, it was almost kind of like, you know, if you want to give it a grade, you're going to give it an incomplete. The interception, and the first thing I thought maybe this morning and before we were able to get to see an end zone look was, did he get to see, you know, Willie's get bumped? He did get to see it, but, Jake, at the time, he had... Oh, yeah. Sorry, but I... I <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, he did get bumped, obviously. I thought he had a dig that worked open right behind it. Um, but at the time, you know, there, there's two things going on there. Um, uh, there's... there's Obviously, you're running that shallow cross where at any point in time that, that guy can get hit off his route within that five-yard window in the line of scrimmage. So, you have to be aware of that. I don't think... 
I'm not all too concerned. I think Baker didn't see the front side linebacker that would have caused an issue, even if he didn't get hit by the Mike backer. Um, it would have gotten lit up. I didn't like the read per se, but it probably is not a ball that gets intercepted very often. Now, him getting rerouted at the perfect moment where Baker threw it makes it so that it is an interception and it looks ugly. But I wanted him to throw the dig behind it. But if you watch the you know you watch the tape, uh, Desmond Harrison gets bulldozed at left tackle, falls right into him, so he's feeling pressure off his left side he can feel it coming you know he can sense it doesn't have time to feel comfortable sitting in there feels hurried throws a ball that um you know awkwardly timed up perfectly with a with a punch on a player on a shallow cross and you know i'd like him to not throw that and know that he's supposed to be coming back to his dig and he gets sacked he gets sacked but um you know fluky play if you break it down it's pretty fluky it's not like he he completely you know, miss somebody that, that that was evidently wide open. I don't like it. It would be a negative play in the grade book. He'll hate it when he sees it on film. But it's not anything to freak out about him, the game moving too fast for him or anything like that. I think he committed to the throw, and if he had pulled the ball down, he was getting sacked. So there was no, there was no way out. He was either going to lose eight yards on the sack or he was going to throw the pick. I, at first, was, wasn't sure if he had seen Willies get bumped. Maybe he, you know, obviously that probably wasn't his key. The mic probably was his key. And, you know, he kind of saw it out of the peripheral that Willies got bumped. And by that time, it, it was it was just too late. Guys, you listen to Locked On Browns. We have Jake Burns on here. Obviously, we're breaking down the Browns. Riveting 5 nothing win over the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night. Uh, guys, if you don't know, Locked On has kicked on to the college atmosphere. So uh, I know a bunch of shows are up and running. So uh, for anybody, Baker Mayfield's fans who may have found their way to Locked On Browns, Locked On Sooners is up and running. Go ahead, subscribe, check out what the guys got for you down there. Now, Jake, as we move along here, uh, you know everyone seems to want to love what Carlos Hyde is doing to this point. And I don't want to rain on his parade, but you know, uh, you know, I see a lot of people today. Uh, you know, uh, Nick Chubb, 3.3 yards per carry. Oh, Carlos Hyde, 6.5 yards per carry. Uh, Nick Chubb, I think there was some really impressive runs for the three, four yards he was getting on some of those. And guys, please, if you want to sit down and do your math, you know, subtract the 33 yards away, subtract the one carry away, and see what Carlos Hyde was doing. It's a good running back core, guys. There's no reason to pick a side in this. I think it's a solid core all around. No, good point, man. There's really no reason to pick a side about one looks better than the other. You got to consider if you put Carlos Hyde behind the second offensive line, you're going to see some similar issues. They're just, Especially you know, if you look at, sure, sure, and you, you, <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, the numbers bear the numbers. You, you know, you can't, you can't argue facts. So, um, but, but you know, Carlos Hyde, he's a good athlete too. There's no denying that. Nick's just a little bit better at some of those quick twitch things. So. Um, you know, but like I said, we've talked about this at nauseum. The, the the best part of what Carlos Hyde does is he gets downhill, especially from the gun. I think I saw something last year Pro Football Focus put out from the gun and inside zone last year or duo, which are pretty much, you know, uh, brother-sister schemes, just line working opposite of the back when it's duo. He, he's getting downhill and he's making one cut and he's reading somebody. And if you remember Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde when he was at Ohio State, it was literally him next to Braxton. And it was every time he touched it, it was five yards doing the exactly that so the browns have done split zone with him they've done um some schemes that he's he's really effective at and they've put him on the perimeter and the right sort of setups um occasionally with some pin pull but you're not going to get a ton of yards from carlos hyde with outside zone uh that sort of stuff that's not what he's 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 not good at that stuff consistently he has to be blocked really really well so they've done a good job he's been running behind the first team line and he's made you know he's made some plays he's he's done fine but if you put nick chubb in those situations like you saw last night where he got that first carry after the carlos hyde pop run he got a carry 
on a true duo where he's reading the mic and breaks, you know, the defensive ends tackle and puts the corner in the ground and makes a run for about 20 yards when he could have easily been tackled for, you know, a, a negative, a negative rush. So, um, you got to you got to really look at the nuance of those numbers, like you said, Jeff, and and, and understand that there there's certain players playing in front of him um, that 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 aren't really going to necessarily provide the push because it's no secret that the Browns' second unit offensive line is proving to not be as skilled as the second unit defensive line of both Buffalo, easily New York, Buffalo, and and uh, Philadelphia because that's that's you know the the, the film doesn't lie. You're, you you got to think too. You're starting Greg Robinson on that second unit who's uh, floundered around the NFL after his high draft pick. You're starting Desmond Harrison, a rookie left tackle. You're starting. They've been playing Austin Ryder, who's been disappointing in the preseason. Then you're still. They've been playing Corbett and Drango the entire game, um, and those guys just haven't gelled well with it. They've been Corbett and Drango played much better with the first line than the second line, which says something to me. But you know, it's it's pretty simple how this all shakes out. If you flip flop the two and give one carries with the first team, you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pretty much see an improved yards per carry because they're blocking things much better with that first group. Um, but yeah, Jeff, like you said, man, they got three really good backs that can do things all all intertwined. Duke Johnson is gonna be effective in any scheme. He's gonna catch the ball out of the backfield. You got a nice change of pace in Nick Chubb, who's a gap scheme runner who will kill you on the pin pull, and he can really press the outside zone and make a cut and make it happen. Because if you give Nick Chubb any daylight, he's going to make a play. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to like. There's no one's better than the other. I do expect Carlos Hyde as a veteran to get a majority of the carries, and they're going to bring Nick Chubb along slowly. And Duke's going to get opportunities in the slot. He's going to get touches out of the backfield in the throwing game. It's a three-headed monster. There's no this guy's better than that guy, and this is what I told you, and I'm right kind of thing. It's, it, it, you know, we got three good backs, man. Let's just enjoy it. Well, the funniest thing about this is you know we, we keep bringing up Spencer Drago, and in the grand scheme of things, Spencer Drango is the eighth offensive lineman on the team. You got to remember, this is all supposed to be, you know, having obviously all in mind with Kevin Zeitler. So there's that. Um, the points on Chubb are great. I think Nick moves well east-west, but once he is able to get himself going downhill, that's when his game takes off. I mean, once because he, he gets to top speed quickly, he is very difficult to bring down. Thick, thick young man. So you know, just interesting with that. And look, and the other thing, and this is one last one on the offense. If you see one thing with these quarterbacks and with the passing game, an Antonio Callaway and a Josh Gordon are so needed for this group. It gives length. Every one of these guys can do a little something, but you kind of need to have all of them, Jake. Yeah, no, there, there, there's there's no doubt you have to have all of them, and they have to be ready to play. You because... have no idea what personnel group's going to come out. You have no idea which five guys are going to come out, and all of them are kind of bangers they all bring something yeah there's no doubt you're spot on with that the depth is going to be what's important and bringing along the talent on the on the second levels are what's going to be paramount for this group because i think the first group with the browns at most position groups is as good as anybody they're going to play but how do they handle injuries how do they handle adversity um you know if somebody needs a break mid-game can they can they still rely on that you know that second unit okay so there we are with that guys um, I'm going to kick on over. Uh, look, it was a blast watching this defense yesterday, and it got started early. And this is what happens a lot of times in any football game. A defense gets really confident about themselves early, and it just blows up, and everybody kind of gets a piece of the pie. Uh, Miles Garrett, it almost seems weird to bring him up at this point because, you know, this is what we're going to grow to expect week in, week out. But, uh, my God, just the – 
the pure athletic ability and, and now the fact that he's even becoming more and more of a technician who knows how to get his hands inside on the left tackle and shove him back and just let the athleticism just erupt. Scary, scary dude. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that if I'm an offensive coordinator and uh, I'm playing him week one through week 17 or whatever, I'm figuring out how I get two bodies on him in every play. Uh, I, I figure out how I'm going to get a guard or whoever's uncovered to, to get their eyes backed in because the first few games here, we've seen a lot of one-on-ones, and it has been – uh, it has been ugly the last two weeks for the Bills and the Eagles trying to keep that guy in check. There's no secret last night uh, how effective he was. Uh, he put Vitae in, 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 in several situations where the guy just embarrassed himself with a bull rush. So if you're going to defeat Miles, you have to be able to kickstep but then anchor. And if you don't anchor strong enough, he is going to get up under your breastbone and just deliver you into your own quarterback's lap. And then when you start getting comfortable doing that, he's going to pull that arm and he's going to get up field and bend on on you and it's it's i don't know man it's the signs you want to see you want to see that guy taking the next step and uh you know the 15 sacks should be the goal this year he should be aiming to be an all pro he's still super young i think he's 22 23 i'm the sky's the limit for miles he's going to be one of the top five if not the single best pass rusher in the nfl over the next five years if he can he can stay healthy and uh like you said keep keep upgrading he has to he has to really show this year that if his first move is shut down does he have a go-to off of it does he have a quick spin does he have a quick rip if he gets if he gets driven up field you know he's trying to get that dip bend and run up field can he can he put that foot in the ground and spin back inside lightning quick that's what made the best of the best really good that's what makes um you know the reggie whites of the world is 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 the top-notch players that have ever played the position um highly effective at it and, and you know like i said we're seeing what we want to see um you have extremely high hopes based on the preseason. He's he's doing everything you want to do. And if you watch, and I'm sure you're going to kind of guide this discussion that direction next, but the entire front unit of the Browns is making quarterbacks uncomfortable in general, and that's going to change the course of the defense this year. And, you know, that's where we'll tip it because, you know, we know what Miles can do from the one side. Um, Jannard Avery, we had heard about it, and last night you saw it. Uh, Zach Ertz, pretty solid tight end, dropped him on his ass beat the right tackle, strip sack. And now, this just, now, you can put guys like Emmanuel Ogba in the middle. You could always put Garrett in the middle. But, you know, a lot of time. I mean, you're going to get so many one-on-ones. Then you can allow, you know, blitz to the A-gap and things of this nature. If Jannard Avery and, uh, you know, obviously the guys, uh, whether it's a hip, whether it's a groin, whether it's a hamstring, because everybody wants to say it's one of those, um, he's out for a little bit. Nobody's rolling out week one. Look, with anything, guys, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. He does not have to play week one. It's not the Super Bowl. But if you can get another guy to come off the edge like Jannard Avery showed the ability to do last night, my God, it doesn't matter where Greg Williams lines up these DBs or what coverages he calls, because these balls aren't going to be getting out. Yeah, no, you're that. I mean, I think the clear plan with this three-four-four stuff. I, I reference it as Joker personnel because that's what they holler out in practice when they're bringing Avery in and um, kind of going to that two stand-up ends. It's kind of it, it really is a three-four-four. Um, that they're running the idea or what they're trying to clearly do here is, is, is both Avery and Garrett are really good upfield edge rushers. And the plan here is that miles has clearly figured out how to be upfield and go speed to power to speed and get back inside. So they want to feel quarterbacks step up and, and escape laterally. 
and Gennard has proven to be really good at bending and turning the corner and making quarterbacks feel like they're pushing up field. So he's doing a great job. He's been dealing with more um, running back tight end chips, which is really strange because those should be going to Miles Garrett's side, and I think we'll see more of that in the regular season to slow him down. Uh, I mean, I would think coordinators are smart enough to figure that out if we can watch tape and figure it out. But Gennard's still winning those battles. So um, if that's the plan to play those guys, they play they played a majority of it third down scenarios but I think Greg got more and more comfortable with using it every down he actually used it against Buffalo for a three down set and it was highly effective now Buffalo's offense is Buffalo's offense it is what it is but um you know I think I think they feel good about it I'm not the only guy I'm having a little bit of a concern about is uh Emmanuel Agua has not had a very good preseason off the edge he really hasn't defeated anybody off the edge now it's just preseason it doesn't mean a whole bunch but you want to see him make a little bit of a bang play so i'll be paying more attention to him week four and and, and into week one um because well, so the question though is, is you know i mean where is he is he back to, i mean is he back to being able to play or is he back to being 100 percent with emmanuel Ogba? so that's a question there too yeah oh absolutely especially he when you're coming like back from something little, it seems like he's lacking a little bit of an explosion there's no doubt, and it coming. I think what did he ankle last year? Broken foot, ankle, I believe, broken foot, foot, broken yeah, foot. I think it was foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, there's going to be an adjustment period, but you know if you can get Agba inside a little bit to to disrupt a guard and beat a guard uh, with some speed, that'd be good too. So you need Avery. Avery's got to find a way to work on that lower body stability, um, some yoga in his life. I'm not sure what it is, but we need him to be healthy because his one skill that they drafted him for right now, they're going to try to develop him as an inside linebacker that can play in the true 4-3 a little bit more as well. I'm sure they're giving him some snaps later in games doing that. But his one skill right now is this guy can get off the edge and he can beat tackles with speed and he can also just bull through you as he's a human muscle. So, um, you know, I feel good about it. They got a they got a good front four here that can rotate a little bit, and 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 then Larry Ogunjobi is going to clean up some things in the middle. He's going to embarrass some linemen every now and again. Caleb Brantley flashed a really nice game and yesterday. This is a guy that it's going to benefit a guy like Caleb Brantley, where he does have some skill. And I think Caleb Brantley, it, it's going to be a getting a taste of a little bit of success. I think he gets a taste of success. I think you're going to get more out of him. But this is what's going to happen when he's the fourth guy out of four, or if you bring a pass rusher, it's five, and he can clean up a little bit. I think, you know, Caleb Brantley, I mean, you know, and look, we've been looking, we need somebody to step up here, you know, in that, you know, in the interior defensive line. Caleb Brantley, to this point, looks like he might be that guy. For sure. And he didn't, he had a good, uh, I would say a really good, like, week three, 12 through 17 last year he started to come on and figure it out and play with better leverage he did not have a good week two when he debuted just I think he was he looked a little out of shape and he got tired last night too but he looked a little out of shape and he, he wasn't playing fast now he's coming off injury I think he had a good week of practice leading up to this one and he looked explosive early so if he's you know if your first line is going to be Ogan Joby and, and and Jamie a uh, consistent Mr. Meter inside you know he, he does a nice job he just hustles and he plays and he uses his effort I mean he just wins with effort most of the time when he wins so he's going to be your other defensive tackle on the first team that's fine because then you're bringing in Trevon Coley and you're bringing in Caleb Brantley on your second unit and I feel good about that so um, those are your guys your first unit um, is obviously going to be Miles and, and, and Emmanuel outside they're going to rotate Jannard Avery outside as well uh, the fourth defensive end, I'm just not sure. It could be Chris Smith. They've been doing some weird stuff with Chris Smith, a little inside, a little outside. I thought he'd be more outside heavy and just inside well, on passing downs. The only thing but, he did uh, in Cincinnati, though, it seemed like he was inside. Like I mean, it seems like he works well off the stunts. 
But, I mean, I'm not sure how much use that's going to bring to them if these guys outside can win consistently outside. So Chris Smith could kind of be lost in that scenario. He And he was lost. Like last night they ran him onto the field in, in the second quarter for a first down, and he just got walled off on a run play that an inside run play that I tried to point it out on the, you know, the Browns film breakdown page stuff. Um, yeah, he's, he can't be on the field and rushdowns unless he's playing in. So, um, I don't know. It's going to depend how many ends they want to keep. If they want to keep five, I think you're probably looking at Carl Nassib and, 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 uh, Nate Orchard. And at that point, um, no, sorry, Carl Nassim and Chris Smith. Yep. So you're 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 probably looking at Orchard on the outside looking in. I thought he needed a really good camp preseason to to keep his role. I just don't feel like it's going very well for him unless he shows out in week four and saves his opportunity. It feels like they trust a little bit more of the consistency consistency from Carl. Um, he's not going to flash, but he is going to play hard all the time, and he's going to make relatively make the plays that are presented to him. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the front. I think they have five good defensive tackles, um, and I think they have five good defensive ends. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I think it's it's not it's not a it's not a top flight talent group. I think they'll want to improve on that. I would imagine their draft next year, if they're picking in the ten to twenty range, is going to probably be focused on getting an interior lineman. It's a good class for interior and outside linemen, so they can improve those areas if they want to. Okay, guys, we're listening here to Lockdown Browns. Uh, obviously, Jake Burns joining us here from Browns Film Breakdown and the OBR. Uh, we've been, you know, going through obviously uh, most of the positional groups here now, guys. Uh, Lockdown NFL Matt Williamson. Uh, he's got a great lineup coming for you guys this fall. Uh, whether it's guys from PFF, whether it's Sage Rosenfeld doing quarterback play, uh, Mike Sandel from ESPN Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, going to get a consistent lineup, taking you from the week's previous games, getting you previous, you know, getting you into the next weekend's games. Locked on NFL with Matt Williamson. Guys, go ahead and subscribe. Download to that. Uh, the linebacking core. Uh, I guess Jamie Collins is maybe reading the tweets. Uh, Jake, uh, I mean, we've kind of you know kind of said we're not really sure where it works out with him, but I I kind of think everybody looked good. You know, Derek Kindred, Lauren Saboom. I love me some James Burgess. Just, just it seems you know front seven and forward. Everything was clicking on all cylinders right now, and everybody's kind of looking good, even uh, Bellow as well. I mean, just every one of these guys, when they're getting their opportunity, man, they're laying some wood, they're running hard, they're making the plays they need to make. Yeah, good point. I think they're, they're top three interior linebackers, in my opinion. Um, some others might hold a different opinion, but uh, Joe, Joe Schobert's played well. I thought Christian Kirksey has done okay. He gets a little overzealous at times, but he's played well, and he's going to be their guy covering tight ends. He's going to be fine in. soon. Christian Kirksey's yeah. got a fine coming soon, yeah. very much so. Yeah, very, very true. He's a little reckless with that stuff. Um, and then I think their third best linebacker is Michael Kendricks. I think he plays faster. He plays with more uh, assertiveness. Jamie Collins just – I know he's coming back from injury, but the tape last year, the tape when he was brought here in 2016 – they can keep him for depth. They can keep him because they can't move that contract. It's fine, but he should not be getting snaps over their top three, and they really should only be playing two linebackers at a time anyway. So, um, for the most part of you know when you're covering modern NFL offenses, so you know it's okay. I think that my point along all this time has been I've been I've been in love with what James Burgess can be. Um, he had ups and downs last year when he when he came in for Jamie Collins, but I thought they didn't lose anything when they brought him in and were, they were playing him at the end of the season. So he's been playing well this preseason in my opinion. He's moving around. Yeah, Jamie Collins had a nice interception. I think Nick Foles just blacked out on that interception. I'm not I mean I'm I was a D3 quarterback and I'm not sure how you miss him 
baiting you there. It's pretty right in front of your face. That that was his one play. I'm not even sure he he had a tackle, but he was wearing the it, he was wearing the hazard orange pants. I mean, you should have seen him. <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, I, <laughs> Nick Foles, weird game. We I I don't I didn't believe in Nick Foles anyway. I thought he was having the run of his life last year. There were some people in the uh, Northeast Ohio media who were clamoring about making a move for him, and I was just kind of scratching my head. But. Um, you know, it, the linebacking group's fine. You got guys like B.J. Bellow, like you said, and, and even Justin Curry, guys that just yep. play hard. I, they're not going to be able to keep all of them, but guys that play really, really hard that I hope we can sneak into the practice squad. So they go five deep right now in, in, in the interior linebacker position. Um, if they, if they, you know, if they keep uh, Burgess, which I, I would imagine they will, they could, they could move one for depth somewhere else if they wanted to. You referenced uh, Jabril Peppers, Derek Kindred. Those guys are going to do what they do well. They're going to come up in the box. They're going to hopefully set an edge. Derek Kindred is a little bit better playing the run game, setting an edge. But I thought Jabril, if you watch some of the breakdowns from last night, um, yep. really did a nice job when he started creeping towards the line of scrimmage. He's getting a little bit more comfortable. Covered Ertz a couple times out of the backfield. He over pursued on one uh, late second quarter. But you know it's going to happen. You're, Zach Ertz is uber talented. These guys are good too. Like other players are good. So he had a, a pass interference where I thought was a little bit shaky. I thought he was hands were on him, but they let that stuff go all the time. But then he made a play on fourth down. He's going to be fine. Like he's going to be a player. He's just got to continue to get more comfortable. I think you'll see him get a lot of reps there. And I also think in the season, you'll see Derek Kindred still get some reps there. Both those guys hold value. So between uh, those box safeties, those strong safeties that they play close to the line of scrimmage and the interior linebackers that they play at the Mike Salmon will, there's a lot to really feel good about there. Yeah, well, and, and there's a the thing. I mean, even there's going to be f- times where they're both on the field. You know, one most likely is going to blitz. I mean, but these are two guys who excel 10 to 12 yards from the line of scrimmage. They're not going to go very well going backwards. They're very well going east and west. They're very w- very good coming north and laying the wood in that respect. So you know, there's a lot of fun here. And there's a lot. In, there's just a lot more depth and a lot more confidence that uh, in the you know in uh, in the differences of the 11 guys you can put on for you know and obviously you know it all comes down guys it doesn't come down to first and 10 nobody cares about first and 10 it comes down to second and second and nine and second and 13 or third and seven that's what it comes down to and if you have athletic guys and you just know exactly where they excel and what they do there's a lot of mixing and matching you can do now the key is going to be Greg Williams and he's going to have to understand that it's not always going to be about what's in Greg Williams's book a lot of it's going to be about you know Greg Williams. You got to change. You got to adapt. Yeah, no, I, I I think it's no secret that they did not get the most out of a pretty talented linebacker group last year. So the hope is that they can put some of the the flexibility and positions to put better pass defenders on the field. You hope you see more of that. You hope you see more. Uh, you know, uh, avoidable situations where they're allowing the second level to be vulnerable or they're leaving corners at seven to 10 yards off the ball um, and blitzing too many people. I, I, I mean, it's been a little bit better. They've been a little bit more base in the preseason here, but he's, he's going to be what he's going to be. He's going to bring people. It's a, it's a gamble defense. So um, I hope Miles' quote about being in more base is true come the regular season because you never really know what a coordinator's holding up their sleeve uh, in the preseason with what they're doing. So I'm cautiously optimistic, Jeff. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And I think if, if Greg Williams is eventually fired and they bring in a new head coach or whatever happens, however it shakes out, um, and whether Greg stays here and it all works out for Hugh or whatever, I mean, whoever's here as a defensive coordinator, if they're hiring somebody new, they're going to really be interested in this position because there's a lot of cornerstone talent on the defense here. 100%. 
Uh, Jake, thanks so much for joining me here this evening. Uh, I, I know you're quite the busy guy now, and guys, this is the thing. As much as we're all requesting Jake to come help us out and come talk with us, uh, there is a little man in the house who needs some attending to. Uh, Jake, <laughs> let everybody know where they can find all the great work at. Yeah, man. Um, so I do a couple different things. I'm on the OBR. I write a lot of subscription-heavy stuff, so if you um, are interested in um, what will come this year, I'll be doing a lot of five key play breakdowns where I do leveled analysis, breaking down different segments of plays, helping you understand what schematically happened on a certain play with some voice over and different teach you football type of stuff is my goal here. My whole passion is teaching the, 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 the fan base football. So, um, there'll be really good content at the OBR. It's a very cheap monthly subscription with a lot of cool opportunities to understand football and get insider information. Uh, I urge you to, to sign up with them. That's how I get a majority of the pay for my work. Um, I, I, I know they're going to be running some great specials, buy a month, get a month free type stuff. So I hope you'll do that. Um, otherwise, I'm on Twitter at Jake, uh, Jake underscore Burns 18. You'll be able to find uh, a lot of my content there. I'll always answer questions. I try to engage with everybody there. And then I just kind of launched a new angle uh, uh, with the Browns film breakdown. I started last year, those Monday breakdowns that have sort of branched into a uh, video podcast setup that I'm doing. Uh, once or it's going to end up being twice a week analyzing a little bit of something from the offense and defense with a guest and then uh, you know you're going to get your Monday breakdowns and you're going to get um, you know I think uh, I think what we're going to end up doing is we launched a podcast myself and John Colosimo um, launched a podcast doing Monday uh, game breakdown on your way in and then a Friday game preview um, with a little different spin on how we're going to approach breaking it down for you guys some gambling lines some different things so um, yeah, find it on Browns at Browns uh, Film BDN, and then at Jake underscore Burns eighteen in the OBR. Man, thanks for letting me plug all that stuff. Of course, of course, guys. Uh, as always, you know, follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Browns. Guys, subscribe to the show, rate, review, please. It means so much. The ratings, the reviews help draw new audiences here. I appreciate you guys for everything you do. I do keep the Twitter account as a follow back account. You guys are able to bring me a lot of good feedback that way. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, uh, look, we have week forward to look to. Uh, we're, you know, obviously we're going to have some interest in it. Uh, my interest is that anybody worth a grain of salt is wearing, I, I, I guess they're all wearing the visors right now, so we'll go with the visors. Let's keep the good guys wearing visors. There's about 40 or so guys that are not going to make this team. Let them go ahead and ball out. We're more concerned about week one to Pittsburgh. I mean, I guess I can pretty much efficiently say it. We're on to Pittsburgh at this point. Uh, guys, uh, we're, we're, uh, we'll see you back Sunday. Uh, I got a I got a fun one coming back Sunday, so we'll record getting something uh, get something up for you on Sunday night. Uh, until then, guys, let's go Browns. <laughs>